Tender melons. The girls hurt. Painful bosom. This week, the gal pals talk about breast pain. It's your good gal pals, Kayla and Arnie, bringing you TMI Talks, where you'll be thinking, no one told me. For friends, sisters, and moms. For all women and vagina havers. Evidence-based information brought to you by a science master obsessed with research and a physician assistant. Just a reminder that this is for educational purposes only. Please seek a medical professional if you have concerns. We do our best to provide up-to-date information backed by evidence-based medicine. We do the research so you don't have to. everyone and welcome to the third installment of our is this normal series of no one told me where we focus on body questions where we've heard friends and family ask is this normal today we'll be talking about breast pain let's get into it so breast pain can be broken down into three categories the first being cyclical the next being non-cyclical and the last one being extra mammary so we're going to break each of these down and talk about each one So the first is cyclical, which you can imagine has to do with your menstrual cycle. This occurs with fluctuations in your hormones and affects both breasts. If you're experiencing cyclical breast pain, this will commonly be felt during the luteal phase. So that's the same phase we talked about last week where you also experience PMS. Now, the rise in estrogen and progesterone during the luteal phase is what can be linked to the cyclical breast pain. So in addition to PMS-related breast pain, some people out there may also have fibrocystic breasts, which can fluctuate with the menstrual cycle as well and can worsen during the luteal phase. So this is when you see diffuse or scattered lumps in both breasts. The pain associated with this tends to be constant, dull, and again, affects both breasts and is usually with your cycles. So you'll feel the pain lasting throughout menstruation, and this kind of pain lasts lifelong and actually improves with menopause. The second category of breast pain that we're covering today is non-cyclical. Now, going off of our last category, non-cyclical are breast pains that don't really have to do with your menstrual cycle or don't follow your menstrual cycle. They can feel like consistent or intermittent pain and are more likely to affect one breast or one area of the breast. Examples of non-cyclical breast pain can be seen in pregnancy. However, this sort of pain is again due to hormone fluctuations. The next type we see in this category is mastitis, which is the infection of the breast. This kind of infection is most common when someone is lactating or breastfeeding. And usually the treatment for this is actually to continue breastfeeding. The point at which you touch base with your healthcare provider is if you're spiking a fever. Another condition called sclerosing adenosis can sometimes cause breast pain. This condition is often the result of a normal aging process. And it's when the lobules or the milk producing glands in your breasts have extra growth of tissue. 
And again, this can happen as we age. There is also certain medications that have side effects of breast pain. So the last category we're going to talk about today is extra mammary. Now this is when it feels like it's from the breasts, but maybe it's from elsewhere. Oftentimes we call this post-traumatic or referred pain from the chest wall. The chest wall includes the muscles or the ribs. So ask yourself if you've had a recent workout. Did you pull a muscle in your shoulder? Did you work out your pecs too much? Have you had a recent fall and injured your ribs? Is it possible that you're having referred pain from one of these areas that actually tracks down to your breast? So you end up feeling that pain in your breast. A way you can check this is if you press on the area of pain and it's causing you more pain, it's more likely to be extra mammary or coming from the chest wall. So another type of pain you can feel that is extra mammary is from poor support from bras that don't fit properly. I know that everywhere has different sizing for bras and it's supposed to be universal. We all know that's not true. So just make sure whichever bra you're wearing, it fits you properly or else you, you might feel a little uncomfy and it's never fun. And this is because gravity is not kind. If you have an ill-fitting bra that's not providing adequate support, it actually pulls at something called the Cooper's ligaments. And that is what triggers pain. Also, I'm going to throw in a little fun fact here uh, or clear up a misconception and let everyone know that bras with underwire do not cause breast cancer. I believe this used to be a common misconception um, in recent history, but it has since been disproven to be a cause of breast cancer. That's not to say that you have to wear a bra at all times. It's just that if you do wear a bra and experience pain while wearing your bra, it may be possible that's coming from an ill-fitting bra. I'm sure there's individuals out there who go bra-free and don't experience any pain. Another thing that could cause breast pain is breast implants, whether you've had them inserted recently or have undergone any sort of breast procedure recently, those are things that can cause pain. And if you've had breast implants for a while, there have been numerous cases, again, not to scare anyone, but there have been cases of previously implanted breast implants causing pain and other problems. Now that we have a great understanding of the overall categories of, the, of breast pain, we're going to get into the portion of our podcast where I'm sure a lot of people have questions. When, during having breast pain, should you be concerned about it? A really good thing to look out for is infection signs. That means if you have breast pain, are your breasts also hot to touch mid-temperature? Are they red? Is there a localized area of redness? Is there pus coming from a region of your breast or even the nipple? Are you spiking fevers or generally feeling unwell? Those are all signs of infection that you can look out for. And those signs would also be when you would seek further medical help. I do have to say that very rarely, there's a type of inflammatory breast cancer that can cause pain. 
And that's something to be aware of, especially if you have a family history of breast cancer. So in terms of breast cancer, what should people look out for? Any sort of new changes. Look for areas of skin thickening, dimpling. There's something we call orange skin. So if you imagine the peel of an orange, you know how it has those little dimples? Sometimes a sign of breast cancer can be if your breast skin looks like the skin of an orange. If you have any unusual discharge, any bloody discharge coming from the nipples, that's a warning sign or that's something that warrants further investigation. If you have puckering or new inversion of your nipple, that's also a sign you should look out for and investigate further. Another pain that many of us have probably experienced is some sort of impact on your breast, whether it be from playing a sport or bumping into something. Should we be concerned when we experience that sort of pain? And the answer to that is no, you should probably be okay. Bruises usually go away within four to six weeks. And if it's a big bruise, then go get it checked out. Of course, if there's some sort of laceration that occurs because of the incident, definitely go see your healthcare provider. Otherwise, within four to six weeks, the bruise should be gone. So we brought up the hot button topic where everyone's ears perk up of breast cancer. So I think a lot of question people have when they hear the topic is, when is the best time that I should be doing a self-examination? How do I do a self-examination? And all the questions related to that. As of the 2018 guideline update from the Canadian Task Force on Preventative Healthcare, self-examinations or breast self-examinations in women aged 40 to 74 who do not have a high breast cancer risk don't actually have to do self-examinations. This is because studies have shown that these self-examinations don't actually help to save lives. However, breast examinations may be beneficial in people with personal or family history of breast cancer. If you have a known gene mutation that puts you at risk for breast cancer or a first degree relative, that means mom, dad, siblings. If you have a first degree relative with a BRCA gene mutation, and that's, again, BRCA1 and 2 are usually the genes that put you at risk for breast cancer, or have had radiation therapy to your chest before the age of 30, you fall in a higher risk category. So breast examinations may actually be beneficial. So Arnie, because you are a healthcare professional, I think I could probably ask you this question. You mentioned that people who are not at risk of breast cancer over the age of 40 don't necessarily need to do a self-examination. For those under 40, is that still something that is recommended? Again, research hasn't really shown clear benefit in doing regular self-breast checks by either a healthcare professional or individuals themselves. However, it's a good idea to get to know your body and be familiar with how your breasts normally look and feel. So that way, if there are any changes, you're more likely to pick up on them. A caveat could be if you are interested in doing a step-by-step breast examination, it might not be the greatest idea to do them during your luteal phase 
because this is the time where your hormone fluctuations can cause slight differentiations in the density of your breast. So if you have fibrocystic breasts, like we said earlier, this is when the hormone levels will make your breast cysts more pronounced. Great. Um, and we'll be going into more detail about self-examinations and how they relate to cancer in a future episode that we'll be doing on breast cancer. Yes. So now that we've gone through all of our hot button questions, we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we'll get to our summary and our fun facts. And we're back. So welcome to our summary. Now we went over the three categories of breast pain. They are cyclical, which is likely to affect both breasts and is related to the menstrual cycle, non-cyclical, which is more likely to affect one area of your breast and timing and occurrence is not related to the menstrual cycle, and extra mammary, with the literal translation being outside of the breast, which is essentially when you may be feeling pain in your breast that is coming from elsewhere. For example, your ribs or your muscles in the surrounding area. Remember to look out for possible infection signs of heat, redness, pus, or if you're spiking a fever. Red flag changes to be aware of would be new areas of thickened skin, dimpling, orange peel skin, unusual or bloody discharge from your nipples, puckering or new inversion of the nipple. All in all, it's a good idea to be in tune with what is normal for your breasts, so you are more likely to notice when there are any abnormalities, or if there are any abnormalities. Now on to fun facts with Kayla. So in lieu of fun facts this week, we wanted to talk about the shooting that happened in Atlanta, Georgia. We're recording this on Thursday, March 18th, and this is the information we have to date. So on Tuesday of this week, March 16th, eight people were shot and killed in Atlanta, Georgia, seven of them being women, and six of them being Asian American. This has highlighted and sparked conversation on anti-Asian attacks. There are a lot of great resources about this issue, and we wanted to address it here because these issues are always important to have conversations about. Now, I personally was listening to a CBC podcast this morning, and I thought it was very informative. This segment interviewed Dr. Melissa Borgia, who was an assistant professor at the University of Michigan and a researcher with Stop Asian American and Pacific Islander Hate, and Amy Goh, who is the national president of Chinese Canadian National Council for Social Justice in Toronto. So these two ladies were talking about the incident that happened in Atlanta. And because this is their area of expertise, um, they had a lot of great things to share. One of them being in the past year, especially anti-Asian rhetoric has been more common. This has been linked to rhetoric around COVID and certain leaders perpetuating these harmful sentiments. This is not only an issue in the United States, which is something I wanted to highlight. So I live in Vancouver, and here in the city, there has been a 717% increase in anti-Asian attacks reported within the last year, which is, I'm going to use the same word that I used last week, astonishing. So this went from 12 reported in 2019 to 98 in 2020, and that is just in my city. When we look at the stats, it's so apparent that this, is all, that this issue is gendered. 
60% of these attacks have been on women, and that is consistent with research in the U.S. as well. For example, Dr. Borgia's studies have found 61% of attacks on Asians have been on women. As I said before, we wanted to cover this topic because it's important. We should always be informed on what's happening around the world. And as two women of color, any attack on women or people based on who they are is not okay. And we just wanted to bring some light to it and contribute to the knowledge that everyone has on what is happening. We don't necessarily want to make this podcast political, but some situations are worth talking about. And given the fact that, again, as Kayla mentioned, these attacks seem to be gendered and our podcast is about women's health, attack on women affects women's health. So it's worth talking about. Exactly. And in the future, you can expect our normal research-based, fact-based information. And thanks again for listening to our TMI Talks, where we do the research so you don't have to. Let us know if you have any questions at the Gal Pals Guide on Instagram or by emailing us at thegalpalsguide at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your chosen podcast platform, which brings me to we are finally on Apple Podcasts. Big week for us. And that's all for today. Okay, bye.